Everybody, it's the Ron and Don Show. Ronanddon.com. Hey, you guys, what's going on? Welcome to episode 456 now of the Ron and Don Show, and we are live from the Les Schwab studio. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, Mark Cuban says, and you probably know him from Shark Tank, he says, uh, when it comes to following your own passion, you probably shouldn't do that. He said, yeah, that's not good career advice. So we'll find out what Ron thinks about that. Also, what about some of the new leases we are seeing as landlords are once again in control? What about a lease that involves a clause that says, yeah, uh, the landlord gets lap dances uh, whenever he wants one? Anyway, before we get to that, though, let's get to this. By the time you've heard this, it's been days since a Category 4 storm rolled through parts of Florida. And now here we are seeing the aftermath. What's really interesting here is Ron and I have shared our stories before about living through Hurricane Katrina and some other hurricanes. And Ron, what was it like for you? Because your parents are in Naples, Florida, and here comes this hurricane headed right toward Naples, Florida. It, it was, uh, and thanks for asking, but have, uh, spoiler alert, my, my parents are fine. I just talked with my mom this morning. Uh, but there, it was touch and go for a while. And, and here's the thing, it, it, because we live in the Pacific Northwest and you're not around hurricanes, it's for all of us to sort of do this mental mental game, if you will. So Naples, Florida is on the Gulf of Mexico side, about 70% of the way down the peninsula. Uh, and so, you know, if you go across the peninsula, you're about an hour, hour, 15-minute drive to Miami. Um, so it's, it's towards the south. And when they're tracking this hurricane, and my folks are in their 80s, right? So if you're tracking this hurricane um, and they say get out, if you're towards the southern end, you're thinking, well, if I start driving north, then am I not driving into the hurricane? Like I have to be all the way up into like Georgia or up into... I don't know, Alabama or something to get out of this path. That's a long drive, like no traffic to get to, to the border, uh, you know, the northern border of Florida. You're looking at a, a seven, eight hour drive when nobody's on the road. So if everybody's trying to evacuate, you're looking, You and I think you went through this uh, during Katrina, you could be stranded on the highway for 24 hours. Like it's gridlock, it's a parking lot. Uh, and, and then if you're wrong, uh, and you should have gone south instead of north. Now you're putting yourself in more danger than if you stayed put. So my initially, when I was talking to my mom and dad, all of the paths and all of the meteorologists were saying this is going to hit uh, around Tampa. Tampa's three hours north of them. And so the smart money at that time was let's stay in, in south of this hurricane. Uh, going north does us no good. So we're going to stay south. And if we have to evacuate, let's go over to Miami, get a hotel room or what have you, south of the storm. And historically, it's very rare that a, a hurricane hits in this part, just of the way hurricanes work. And so my sister went down there. 
they had it all planned out. They're packed up with water, packed up with batteries, packed up with food, cars gassed up, everything's ready to go. And so they're like, we're in the best spot right here. We're Naples is, is historically not going to get hit. We don't want to go north. If we're going to go anywhere, we're going to go south. So now the hurricane goes over Cuba and my thoughts to the people in Cuba, because I've, I've traveled there before and it's just the, some of the best people I've ever met in my life. And uh, I'm going to reach out to my buddy Pedro down there. And so that, that it just got rocked. And then it, the hurricane kind of jumped to the east unexpectedly. And it, now it's going straight for uh, where my folks are in, in Fort Myers slash Naples. And so at this point, when they said everybody get out, it was too late for people like my folks. They're in their 80s. They do not have the wherewithal or what's the word I'm looking for? For, for. for my dad to be behind the wheel of a car in a nonstop traffic jam to Georgia is just not wise. And so they made the decision that they were just going to stand pat. And they're, they're in their townhouse. It's not on the ocean. It's miles away from the ocean. It's elevated from the ocean, but by feet, not by, you know, it, it's maybe 10, 20 feet above sea level. But in Florida, that's a lot. Um, so they stand pat. My niece was down there. They could check on them. They checked on them um, and they made it through. It, it's you, you at one point were like, they need to get out of there now, which I agreed with. But where do you go? Um, where should you have been? And so it was a real catch-22 for our family uh, for the reasons I just stated. And I checked in with her today. They're high and dry. They have power. Unlike most everybody on the coast, there's probably a million people as we're doing this podcast without power. But at some point, you just you just got to wait. It was excruciating to sit there and just wait. Uh, and you're, I was watching the Weather Channel. Um, but to knock on wood, I guess they're okay. Yeah, it's the worst not to have power, right? The, the the fact that a hurricane blows through, it gets very still, very sunny, very hot. Here comes the mosquitoes, the bugs, uh, the critters, all that stuff. And when you don't have AC in the middle of that or you don't have clean water, uh, that's the real bummer. What was it like for you? I don't know if I ever asked you this. When you were stuck in traffic, because I had left Katrina like three days before because we had a horse. And so we had to find a stable for this horse. But so when you were trying to move, that had to just be incredibly frustrating. Yeah. I, I put my overhead lights on, though, and I just rode down the interstate that way. I had a, I had a vehicle that I used for cycling, and, and it had lights on top. So I had to get somewhere to go get some gas so I could get back to cover the storm. So I just got on the, yeah, I just got in the ContraFlow and I turned those lights on and I just rode down the median, went and got gas and, and, and went back. That's when you could still get gas. But anyway, focus on this. I do have to say, I am very surprised at how some of the building codes have helped the great state of Florida. Uh, Cause there's some, there's, there's lots of buildings that are still standing and I know going back to 1992 when they had a hell of a hurricane blow through there and wipe out a lot of the state. And for a decade, you could fly over Florida and still still see blue tarps covering homes or where home used to be. It, it seems like Florida has done, done, a, done a better job. Yeah, your rank and file house there is not made of wood. They're all cinder block. 
Uh, everything is hurricane strapped. And I believe they go up to 180 miles an hour, which as global warming continues to progress, might not be enough. Uh, we saw a category form here, and I, I think they're the, the high gusts they registered at 190. Uh, if that hits your house, there's not a lot that's going to happen. Yeah, it's like the chief of the Naples Fire Department said, because we've all seen that video footage now, the fire department getting flooded, but the building was in great shape. And I guess overall they ended up losing a truck. And she said, you know, we were we were ready for the winds. We weren't ready for the water. So There's a lot of water. A lot of water. We will see you on the other side of this. Attorney Ann Fitzpatrick needed to move to Tacoma for family reasons and turned to Ron and Don for help. The market was tight, but Ann spotted what could be the perfect house. It was Thanksgiving Day, though, so she emailed the guys and told them, hey, don't worry about it until tomorrow. And of course, they ignored what I said about don't work on Thanksgiving. And we immediately got in with an inspector the very next morning, uh, you know, immediately started strategizing. Ron and Don told them there'd be plenty of competition and a fierce bidding war. So instead of waiting, they came up with a strategy to put on the full court press and make an early offer to convince the seller to go with Anne. We actually managed to scoop up this house before anybody else had a chance. So if you're looking to buy in such a tight market anywhere around the sound, you need a team on your side with deep expertise, creativity, and tireless dedication to their clients 24-7, even on holidays. And it all starts with a Ron and Don sit-down at ronanddonsitdown.com. Listening to the Ron and Don Show on the Ron and Don Radio Network, ronanddon.com. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. I I love Mark Cuban. I always have, and and I loved watching him build his brand when we lived in Dallas. When I was thirty three, I'm fifty five now. So what? A couple decades ago, we were in Dallas. He owned something called Broadcast.com. And he ended up selling that, became an instant billionaire, bought the Dallas Mavericks, and then he used to play basketball at a gym that I worked out at. Very, very competitive. And he would take on anyone. And sometimes he would bring one of the Dallas Mavericks with him to join his team to play basketball when his team wasn't doing well. Uh, and I used to spin class there. He used to come to my spin class. Really, really nice guy. And in fact, our old producer... Katie Darrow produced our radio show in Dallas, still works for him. In fact, she had left the radio program in Dallas, moved to Los Angeles, and he owns some TV products. And so she works for him as one of his presenters and really has enjoyed working with him over the years. This is the thing that I loved about him. I don't know if he does it anymore being on Shark Tank, but it used to be that you could send him an email, and if you had a good business idea... He would jump in, fund it, and buy part of the deal. In fact, he did it over 300 times, and I think that's how he ended up on the television show, The Shark Tank, where they do something that is very, very similar. I've heard him give this advice on Shark Tank, and now he's giving this advice in a sit-down interview, and I think it's really interesting. He said, hey, if you want to be successful in business and life and you want to go out, and you want to create some wealth for yourself, don't be focused on what you are passionate about. Whoever told you to follow your passions is absolutely wrong. I think I know where Mark Cuban's coming from here, Ron, but where do you think Mark Cuban's coming from? Uh, I, I, I agree with him because it, it's 
having a career and being passionate about something are not the same thing. And uh, I've really been spending some time looking at this lately uh, of people accepting reality for what it is. And so we live in this, there's a big movement in our culture to be like, manifest this thing. Uh, you know, put it out, put the energy out in the universe or what's the, the secret you're going to attract the, you know, all of that stuff, which is basically trying to give yourself a lottery ticket. Like I'm going to manifest this thing into my life. I'm passionate about X, Y, or Z, and, and I'm just going to manifest it. And it's not true. Like that, like that's not the way the world works. There are outliers and unicorns where it does work, but you, you can't, say that that's the norm then um every like there, there's a reason why it's a unicorn or an outlier means that it's not normal uh, and so i agree with what mark cuban has said here there, there's this there's this concept out of japan and i don't remember the japanese word for it but they say if you draw three circles like a, the venn diagram sort of thing and you one circle is what you're actually good at and then the other another circle is what um society needs and the third circle is what people are willing to pay for where those three circles interact that is what you should do it's not what you're passionate about it's what you're good at and what society will pay for and what they need and and so when i read that and was looking at this, i was like man that is brilliant like uh, there's a lot of japanese philosophy when i read it's like man that really hits home and so you can still have your hobbies. And I think Mark Cuban would even attest to this. Have a hobby, have a passion, but don't expect that to pay for your lifestyle. Don't expect for that to pay. Like, like me growing up, I was convinced I was going to be either a music producer or somehow involved in, in guitar. And, and that's what I, that's what I was passionate about. And this went all the way into, went into my mid to late twenties. And then I finally had to realize it. In fact, when you brought up us living in Dallas, Texas, it was in Dallas where I finally got around some other guys and I was producing some songs and I had a studio in my house and all this stuff where I went, I am not that good. I am not good enough for this to be my career. Um, I need to do something else for a career. I can still be passionate about it. I can still love it. I can still, still spend time with this. But I had to look in the mirror and go, you are not talented enough or you don't have enough aptitude for this thing that you're passionate about to be also be the thing that generates your living. And that was a sad day for me, but uh, I never look back. I never have the delusion of going, oh, yeah, I could do this or I could be a professional athlete or I could be whatever that manifest thing is would be. Uh, Mark Cuban was good at technology. And a lot of people don't know he had already created a company and sold it and retired prior. He had made millions prior to the broadcast.com thing. Um, so it, this wasn't broadcast.com wasn't his first millions that he's made. That was his second success story. Um, and so he just happened to be good at something that society needed and was willing to pay for. And we will see you on the other side of this. Hey, you guys, I'm sitting here with Mitch Weeks right now, one of the great sponsors of the Ron and Don show. He is a mortgage broker, and you can find out more about him at Mitch.loans. 
Hey, a really cool time to be creative when it comes to being a buyer. And there's sellers right now that are stepping up and saying, let me help the buyer by doing something called a buy down, right? Yeah, they are. And it's one of those things that's beneficial for both sides. Sellers give money up front for the buyers to buy down their rate and save money for the life of the loan. It's a really creative solution, really working for a lot of people. Yeah, there's also something called a 2-1. What's a 2-1? A 2-1 is where you get your rate bought down 2% for the first year, 1% for the second year, and then after that, you're home free in your current rate. But it's great savings up front, and then you have a chance to refi over the next two years. Yeah, good news, good time to be a buyer, good time for sellers to be creative and help that buyer. And Mitch, you can help everyone. Uh, how do people reach out? Go to Mitch.loans, set up a meeting, and let's figure out a creative solution for you. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron, uh, Ron and Don Show. This news just broke, so I'm going to... Ron didn't know we were going to talk about this today, but maybe he could explain this. Uh, Eli Manning said on the Manning cast the other day, and if you haven't watched the Manning cast, it's Peyton Manning and Eli Manning, two brothers that have both won Super Bowls, multiple Super Bowls. They sit and they watch the Monday night game, and they just comment on it. They do it on ESPN+. Plus because they're trying to get people to buy ESPN Plus. CNN Plus went away, and they're afraid if they don't get more people watching ESPN Plus. And what's really interesting is they have Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, who do the regular Monday night broadcast. They bring on Eli and his brother Peyton to kind of try to promote it, which is weird, because if you're Joe Buck and you're Troy Aikman, you want people to watch you. You don't want the Manning cast to be so good that they end up uh, watching them and not you, right? Because you get bonuses paid on how many people are watching Monday Night Football. So nonetheless, on the Manning cast, the Broncos were playing this last week. And by the time you hear this, it would be about a week and a half ago. And, 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 and on the broadcast, <laughs> Eli Manning said that they should pay the kicker, the field goal kicker, $235 million. And he said they shouldn't pay Russell Wilson that. They should pay the field goal kicker that. And then fast forward, Russell Wilson was asked about it at practice today. And he said, you know what? Let the Manning brothers know that I'm 3-0 and against Chad Powers. What is Russell Wilson talking about? <laughs> that is, I hope, I hope this beef is going to develop because this is great. So Eli and people, everyone should go find this on YouTube. Eli set something up with Penn State University where he wanted to, they have a thing at Penn State uh, where they have a train out, a, a tryout for walk-ons. And so what they do is you get to come out. If you were a high school football star, or even if you weren't a high school football star, if you're just an athlete, you're like, I think I could play for Penn State. They have a certain number of roster spots. And normally, correct me if I'm wrong on this, because I see this with the University of Washington sometime. At the home games, there will be 683 guys in uniform. And then on the away games, it's, it's much less than that. Yeah, because for a lot of the guys, like, like when Don James was – uh, head of the football program, anyone could be a Husky. And if you want to come on and you want to be a walk-on, he would let you come on and be a walk-on. And then they would just destroy you because they would use you basically as a practice dummy. What what they allowed you to do, and that's why you, you, 
and and I don't they did it start doing it under Steve Sarkeesian again too. You you could dress for the home games. So it'd be like three number eleven. Yeah, you were never gonna play, but you could dress for the home games and then the, on the away games, you're not gonna travel with the team because you're because you're not playing so those anywhere. guys are walk-ons. Yeah, they basically have a ton of Rudies and they and they use them and they use them in practice and they find them to be valuable for the team. So, so. Penn State had a cattle call for walk-ons, and you go to the facility, the coaches are there, et cetera. And so what Eli Manning did is he hired some uh, Hollywood makeup artists to make a prosthetic for him, and he changed his identity into 26-year – he's 41 years old. He changed himself into 26-year-old Chad Powers. Had a, a bigger nose, sort of some uh, freckles, and, and he had this ridiculous sort of Justin Bieber-esque wig where it sort of went down over part of his face. And he tried out as Chad Powers – a walk-on quarterback, 26 years old. And so he, he, he the, the head coach was in on it. So he met with the head coach. They cleared it with the head coach. There were cameras there. And I think they told the other players, we have cameras here because we want to have video and we want to tape on everybody. And if someone's a big standout, we're going to review the tape and you might get a raw, you know, you might make it onto the team. So Chad Powers comes out. First thing they do is everybody lines up in that to run the 40-yard dash. And he's in his Chad Powers gear and so it was so funny. He's like, so his mantra was think fast, run fast. So he's sitting there and guys are running, you know, four fives, four sixes, you know, four threes. If you're a, a wide receiver there, you know, cause it's just a handheld one running four twos. And he's like, run, think fast, run fast, think fast, run fast. Let's go, Chad. He runs like a 5.6 That's 40, right. yeah, and, slow. which is very slow. Very slow. Uh, even if you're a lineman, it's very slow. Then they go to the drills where they're looking at quarterbacks and receivers, and he just starts flinging the ball. And he's talking about himself in the third person. Chad Powers wants to do this. Chad's doing that. Uh, he's changing plays at the line of scrimmage. He just wants to fling it. And he he's throwing some pretty good balls. Oh, he he was he he dropped a dime that was like a forty seven yard dime, like one of those Russell Wilson floated to the corner of the end zone dimes, and the and. Those guys went crazy. They went absolutely crazy. And at one point, one of the quarterback or receiver coaches, they didn't say which one he was, he goes over to another coach. He's like, this Chad Powers guy's like, I'm kind of, <laughs> I'm kind of intrigued by him. Yeah. And so they're wondering how much eligibility he has left yeah. uh, because he is 26. Then they call him out at the end and he comes up and he rips the prosthetic off and talks to the guys. And so Eli, I guess, is uh, or Russell Wilson is saying that he beat Chad Powers, aka Eli, three. He's three and zero, so he's playing along. And in fact, Eli on the Manning cast didn't have a Chad Powers shirt on, but but his brother, when they were Peyton promoted did. with 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 Aikman, you see him pop up and he has a Chad Powers shirt on. So it's really really great. Uh, those guys really know how to brand stuff. Anyway, Eli was saying it wasn't a shot at Russell. He was just having fun and trying to be funny. Russell came out and said. Uh, he didn't take it as a, as a shot at him. It's really interesting, though, when you look at the Broncos, they are second to last right now in the NFL as far as scoring points, but they're still winning games because they have a great defense and they have a great running game. Kind of reminds you of the old Seahawks, doesn't it? We'll does. see. Yeah. Hey, you guys, thanks for listening to this episode of the Ron and Don Show. We really appreciate you. If you need us as broadcasters, as friends, or as realtors, just reach out. Yeah, ron at ronanddon.com is my email. You can get our buyers or sellers playbook, or you can go to ronanddonsitdown.com. Let's do a sit down and 
get a plan together for what you want to do, especially if you want to sell right now, let's get a plan together because it usually takes a couple months, if not longer, to get your place ready to be market ready. Yeah. Keep your head up, your shoulders back. We'll see you next time for the Ron and Don Show. You listen to the Ron and Don Show only on the Ron and Don Radio. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and keep blowing that trumpet and we'll see you next time. Only. 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 On the Ron and Don Radio Network.